But we're in this series called Rhythm. Part three of our series called Rhythm. And if you missed any part of our series, you can go back on our podcast, even YouTube. That's right, we've got a YouTube channel. You can go back and have a look at this funny guy on stage talking about rhythm. And you might think, well, that guy's got no rhythm. Hey, that's okay. My kids say that too. That's fine. Um, but this series really is about how we can be, we're kind of out of rhythm at the moment. This COVID has really thrown a curveball in our life. Recently, we're out of rhythm at work and we're going shopping, getting our mask, forgot my mask, going in there. I'm in a cafe, everyone's not wearing masks. Should I wear a mask? I'm not sure. I don't know. And so, you know, we're kind of out of rhythm, right? Okay. And so this is what the series is all about. And it's really about our vision, Real Love Serves. And how do we as a church outwork this when we seem to be out of rhythm? Because the series really is about um, being in God's rhythm. Being in God's rhythm. So here's, here's a question for you. Have you ever made something with your hands? Ever made something with your hands? But here's the thing. When you make something with your hands, you're proud of it. You know, when I mow my lawns, I look back at it and I'm proud of my lawns. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, I don't want to mow my lawn. Oh my gosh. So every time I drive home, I look at my grass. Did anybody do the same thing? Or just... Anyway, so someone else was telling me that. And, uh, but what you make of your hand, you're proud of, right? I did this handyman course one time because um, my wife thought it wasn't handy. So I did this handyman course, and I made with these hands, I made a corner shelf, right? And um, the shelf, and it, it, it goes in a corner. That's right, it's a corner shelf. And I was really proud of what I made. It was this, this, this majestic, beautiful creation. I would show you the pictures, but I, I don't want anybody to covet or get jealous of my amazing workmanship. So I haven't showed any photos. Uh, but, you know, if I had given this amazing piece of, creation that I made with my hands to someone, and then I discovered that this person that I gave it to was using it to dig holes around their house, I'll be really disappointed. Do you know why? Because that is not what this, this piece of art and beauty was designed to do. It was not designed to dig holes. In fact, it's very ineffective because that's not what it's designed to do. In fact, some of, some of you are, bit, are frustrated right where you are because you're working outside of your purpose. You're frustrated. You go, what's going on, Lord? What's going on? Because you're frustrated. You ever feel like you're, you're just, a, just a square pig in a round hole and you're trying to fit in? You just don't and you're just frustrated and we're trying to work out what's going on. And, uh, it, it, and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. We just kind of feel out of rhythm. We're not a, every, someone, everyone else found their rhythm but me. I'm just out of rhythm. I'm just out of, out, of, out of source. But God has purpose in mind for you. Did you know that? He has purpose in mind. In fact, when someone encountered God, they discovered purpose. Moses was old. He was washed out failure. Who once lived a high life, living in a palace, and now he's living in a tent. But then Moses encountered God, and at an old age, he led a people that were in captivity into freedom. David was the youngest of his brothers, a forgotten child. But when he encountered God, he became the the greatest king Israel had ever known. Paul, Paul's job was to arrest, imprison, and kill Christians. Until Paul encounters Jesus on the road to, to Damascus. He encountered Jesus. He goes off and he plants churches around the Mediterranean, writing half of the New Testament. I'm telling you, church, when you encounter God, you discover purpose. 
If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. If, you, if you're looking for a title for my message this morning, it is Discover Purpose. Discover Purpose. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are the handiwork of God. God created you. He made you with his hands. And when God looks at you, he's proud of what he made. He looks at you and he says that you are the real deal. And do you know why you are the real deal? It's because he made you and he knows who you are and he created you for such a time as this. You're born at this time, at this moment for a divine God purpose. How do we know that? Because God made you. He made you. He created you. You weren't made by mistake. You're not the result of some accident or some goo that came out of the ground and, and bit another bit of goo. You're not some accident. You're not someone who, who oh, you don't understand, Pastor. I, I, I wasn't meant to be born. My, my, I wasn't planned. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. You may not even know your father. But let me introduce to you to the father who knows you. You'll be made for divine purpose, for such a time as this. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. You were created to do good works, and you're probably here thinking, well, I've never done anything good. I've never done anything good. All my life, I've just failed after fail. I've tried. I really have, but I've just failed again. Just failed. Let me tell you something. The enemy of God wants to stop you from fulfilling your God-given purpose. He'll try to convince you that you're not good enough. He'll try to convince you that what you think you're trying to be this Christian. You know, you call yourself a Christian? Man, do you, you know what you did last night? You know what you did this morning? You're not even good enough. He'll try to convince you you're not good enough to go to church. He'll try to convince you that you're not good enough to be a husband, a wife, a friend. He'll try to convince you to, to give up. But I'm here to tell you the truth. Because the Word of God says this, you are created to do good works. You may feel like that there's nothing good in you, but you need to know the truth. You're created good. You're created to do good. And you have divine purpose in your life. When the children of Israel, when they came to Mount Sinai, God gave them the Ten Commandments. But He also gave them plans to, to, to create the tabernacle. Everyone say tabernacle. I just love the word tabernacle. The tabernacle was this tent of meetings. And God, God gave them plans to create this tent of meetings so he can come and dwell amongst his people. This tabernacle was a place where heaven and earth overlapped. It was a mini garden of Eden where heaven and earth overlapped. In fact, years later, centuries later, the temple in Jerusalem was based upon these designs. The temple in Jerusalem became this mini garden of Eden where heaven and earth overlapped. And so here's this tabernacle, this tent of, of meetings where heaven and earth overlap, where God will come and dwell amongst his people. So who did God give and trust this holy task to create the, this holy tent, this tent of meeting, this tabernacle? Who did he entrust? He entrusted a man by the name of Bedzaal. Everyone say Bedzaal. I just wanted to, so I didn't feel so bad when I said it wrong. Beds are out. You got your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 31, verse 1. 
Then Yahweh said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, Look, I specifically chosen Bedouel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur. And if you know the story in the Old Testament, there was a, there was a time when, when the children of Israel, when they're wandering through the desert, and they, and they were in battle. And when Moses had his hand up, they would win. And when it lowered, when he got tired, his hands would, would come down and they begin to lose the battle. So Aaron, his brother, put a rock underneath Moses and sat down. So Aaron had, held up one hand and, and her from, from Judah held up the other, which is really interesting because Aaron is the line of the priest and her comes from the tribe of the kings. So you've got the priesthood and the kingship coming together to hold the hands of Moses. Just a little fun fact I thought I'd throw in there. But here's the thing. This is her. So Bezalel is her's grandson. Her is a he, not a her. <laughs> so here we go. Look, I specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of her, of the tribe of Judah. I filled him with the spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim. The spirit of God. I filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise of any kinds of crafts. Bezalel is the second person up until this point Mentioned in Scripture to be filled by the Spirit of God. He's the, second, he's the second person that we find filled with the Spirit of God. The first person mentioned in Scripture to be filled by the Spirit of God is Joseph. God fills Joseph with his Ruach, Ruach Elohim, so he can interpret dreams. And Bedouin, he's here filled by the Spirit of God so he can create amazing artwork. He becomes the Michelangelo of his day. You, you thought Michelangelo was good? You should see Bedouin when he's filled with the Holy Spirit. What do we know about the children of Israel when they were in captivity in Egypt? They made bricks. They made bricks. So I, I, I don't know where Bedouin had training. Did he have training of making art and craft and all these kind of things and God filled with the Spirit? Well, I don't, I, we don't know that. We can assume so. Maybe not. But Scripture is clear what the children of Israel were doing. They were making bricks. Bricks. So I can only imagine, right, what Bedouin was doing with these bricks. Everyone else is making bricks. He's making sculptures. He's making, look, it's a, it's a chihuahua. And they go, what's a chihuahua? I don't know, but one day um, people are going to start wearing, wearing them in their purses. It's gonna, uh, I'm not sure. He's creating all these little sculptures and things and drawing little pictures here and, and, and all these other kind of things. And, and he's creating and he's, he's doing these things. And, and can you imagine what the, what the other people around him are saying? Abedzuel, you're meant to be making bricks. Your daddy made bricks. Your daddy's daddy's made bricks. Your daddy's 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 made bricks. And guess what, Abedzuel? You make bricks. Who do you think you are? Here's the thing, you can allow other people to, to define who you are or you can step into your purpose. Don't allow the wrong people to speak into your life because there are people out there who want to rob you of your dreams, crush your dreams, crush your hopes. You can allow other people to, to define who you are or you can step into your purpose. When you encounter God, you discover purpose. And that's why it's part of our vision. Our vision is real, love serves that God is real in every part of your life. Love community, we're better together, serves purpose and calling. You have purpose. This is why we do growth track here in this church, because you have purpose. When you encounter God, you discover purpose. There's another story in the Old Testament. It's about Israel who were oppressed by the Philistines. They were oppressed so much by the Philistines, the only thing they had to defend themselves from the Philistines were their garden tools. 
the garden utensils. In fact, the, the Bible tells us that at this time, the only ones who had swords in all of Israel was the king and his son. King Saul and Jonathan were the only ones in all of Israel that had a sword. And so, I love this verse. Have a, have a listen to this verse. 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. This is Jonathan. This is Jonathan speaking. He goes, Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Perhaps Yahweh will help us. Perhaps the Lord will help us. For nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many or just the two of us. Right? Jonathan, he encounters God and he's filled with faith. And he's going, man, we can go to that outpost. We can take them on. If the Lord is with us, come on, he can do it with many and he can just do it with the two of us. Here's the thing. Can you imagine what the armor bearer is thinking? I know what I'll be thinking. It's okay for you to say, you've got a sword. I've got a spade. You want us to go and attack an outpost? The two of us? You with a sword and me with my spade. That's all I've got. Right? But I love, I love the armor bearer's response. This is what he says in verse 7. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely. Whatever you decide, your purpose will always involve helping people. Come on, if you want to know what your purpose is, it involves helping people. Your purpose will involve helping people. The armor bearer started where he was. Sometimes we think, you know what? Oh, yeah, maybe my purpose is to lead this great thing, to become a leader, to start this, or whatever. You know, maybe God's calling you to be an armor bearer. Right? To get behind someone. Maybe your purpose is to get behind something or behind someone and to begin to build something that God has caused. God is doing something. He's, he's calling you to be part of that. Maybe God's calling you to be an armor bearer. Because let me tell you something. You may not be able to change the world, but you can change someone's world. Who's that someone in your life that God has placed next to you? In your workplace? place of education, in your community, and your family. Who's that one person? You may not be able to change the world, but you can change someone's world. Your purpose always involves helping people. So Jonathan and the armor bearer, they go on to this outpost, and they, they slay 20 of the Philistines in hand-to-hand combat, right? Jonathan with a sword, and the armor bearer with a spade. Let's go to bed. I'm going to dig a hole so you can fall in. Just give me another 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, I don't know what, how the battle was. How he's swinging around this, this, uh, the, the spade. Uh, you know, I'm just using my um, filled with the spirit thing moment. The armor bearer, all he had was a garden utensil. The armor bearer used what he had. I have found that it's very difficult to use what you don't have. Or you know what, I'm only going to step into, I'm going to step into this purpose once, once this loan comes through. Once I win the lotto, I'm only going to step into my purpose if, if, if people recognize me, recognizing my gifts. The armor bearer used what he had. He started where he was. He didn't wait. When Jonathan said, come, we're going to attack this outpost, he goes, wait, 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 wait till I get a sword. Or, or at least a spear. Can I have a stick? <laughs> I've just got a spade. He didn't wait. 
He used what he had. He started where he was. Moses had a rod and he used it. David had a slingshot and he used it. This little boy had five loaves of bread and two fish and he used it. My grandmother, she had a spot at the end of her bed where she would pray for her grandson. I can only imagine what she prayed. That's all she had was a spot at the end of her bed. I can only imagine what she prayed. Lord, if you see my boy heading in a direction that he shouldn't go, turn him around. Even if you have to break him, make him into a man that you've called him to be. She just had a spot at the end of her bed. But she used it. Use what you have. Start where you are. That's the clue to stepping into your purpose. But you see what the armor bearer said in verse 7. He says, whatever it takes, I am with you. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. The armor bearer, he used what he had. He started where he was and he did what he could. He did what he could. So what does this mean for us? It means that your purpose always involves helping people. See, a lot of us will never have a national platform to stand on or be on a stage or be the super pastor. I'm, not, I'm nowhere near a super pastor. Many of us won't have no public platform. But let me tell you something. God will bring us into contact with people wherever we are, whether it's on a bus, whether it's, a, it's at the moor, in your workplace, at your school place, when you encounter God, you discover purpose. He will use you right where you are. Right where you are. Do you know that you are distinctly unique? Distinctly unique, called for purpose. You are the right person at the right time for the right purpose for what God wants you to, be, to do. You're created at the right time. You're right in the right place. Wherever God has placed you. Use what you have. Start where you are and do all you can. Because your devotion to God is measured by what we do for people. Purpose. You have purpose. As long as there's breath in your lungs, you have purpose. Do you know why we run a program called Growth Track? Growth Track is not for our benefit, but it's for your benefit. It's for you to discover your purpose, your God-given gifts. I've seen far too many people frustrated because they're just, they're just like a, a square peg in a round hole. They're just frustrated working outside of their, of their purpose. This is why we do Growth Track. Growth Track is designed to help you discover your giftings and how God made you and formed you. In two weeks' time, we're going to be starting on, 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 on June 12th here from 5 to 7. We've got a kids' program. We've got a feed going on. Even if you just want to feed, just come for a feed. I'll come for a feed. And then I have to talk as well. So this is what we grow track. This is what's part of our vision. So it's purpose and calling. You have purpose. You know, when my son, Te Pare, my younger son, when he was just born. He's about to turn 15. 
He's about to turn 15. But when he was just born, I remember this young man walks into our church. <laughs> He's got a mohawk. And he was a drummer for this heavy metal band. And he comes up to me, because at that time I was a youth pastor. He comes up to me and he goes, I want to join your team. I looked at him and I said, you got a van? And he goes, yeah, you can join our team. Because I want your van. <laughs> so you can pick up people to come along, right? Six months later, he turns up the church. He now has a wife. I was going, whoa, what, what catalog did you get your wife from? <laughs> I had no idea that he had, he had met this person at this camp. And, and, and for months and months and months, I've been riding back and forth. And they get married. He turns up the church with this person. She turns up. She doesn't even know what she's going to do. She goes off and she gets a, does this kind of wrist of jobs, bits of pieces. She, she didn't know what to do. And so she goes, you know what? I just kind of feel God's calling me to do an internship at church. For the next two years, I'm just going to study the Word of God and, I don't know, just figure out. And during that time, she had this encounter with God. And what she discovered is that she was really good at photography and graphic designs. And so she finishes her internship. She goes off and she studies and does this media, this degree in media arts. She becomes this graphic designer, this photographer. In fact, all, if you look around, of any kind of graphics we've got in the building, she designed it. My PowerPoint, she designed it. Our growth track book that we have here, she designed it. Our website, she designed it. When you encounter God, you discover purpose. Her husband, he goes off. He gets his welding ticket. He goes and gets a scuba diving ticket. Then he gets an underwater welding ticket. He travels around the world. But you know what? The story doesn't just stop there. And they still kind of feel there's something more God wants us to do, to step into. And they come, a few years ago, they come up to me and go, we feel God's calling us to the mission field. And I'm like, um, go and seek the Lord again uh, because you're my graphics artist, you're my wilder, and uh, they're one of our best people. Go, seek the Lord again, seek the Lord. They seek the, so they went away. They said, give, give it another six months. If it's still on your heart, you know, they come back and they said, it's still on our heart. If you're wondering who they are, then if you, most of you probably would if you come to the church. The name is uh, Glenn Johnston and Naomi Johnson. And this is them. Here, this picture. Give them a hand. Glenn and Naomi Johnson. These guys are serving on the mission field in Hungary, Budapest. You know what? They just felt called to go. Called to go. And now Naomi, she heads up all of the social media graphics for all of Europe for OMS, One Mission Society, over there. From little old New Zealand, I don't know what, you know, she encounters God. Glenn, Glenn is not only hands-on and doing things, but they went over to, to Budapest. Glenn was like, I'm not even sure. What, I know why Naomi's going, but why am I going? You know what, they, what Glenn does right now? Right now, he's driving supplies into the Ukraine because Hungary borders the Ukraine. And when I'm messaging back and forth, they go, wow, now I know why we're here. Now I know why God put that on my heart. This is why we're here for such a time as this. When you encounter God, you discover purpose. Use what you have. Start where you are and do all that you can. Because when you encounter God, you discover purpose. Come on, let us pray.